You want to end? What is your tip, Ed? What's your tip? Yep. You want to do it? Or do you want, want three, three bucks. Yeah. Celeste, Celeste, you got ripped off. So, so Sparhawk. Uh, did anybody figure out what this ability means? No, that takes research. I will look. Put I'd like to know what that means. Put in the chip jar once you complete a. I don't know. I'm looking. <laughs> no you put a human. You shove a human into the chip jar, and three dollars pops out. Welcome to Witch Game First, where we explore the hilariously huge world of board games. Did we find any hidden treasures you've been missing out on? Let's find out. First up this week, we lull our terrific customers into a lemon and chamomile serenity in Chai. Next up, we dice draft and deck deal our way to the best bar around in Taverns of Tiefenthal. And lastly, we kick each other in the rump to get to the finish line first? In Home You Go. <laughs> I'm your host, Celeste Angelis, here with my decades-long gaming buddies, Evan Bernstein. Hello. Ed Povolitis. Hey, it's game time. And Mike Grenier. I have arrived. <laughs> <laughs> Our first game up this week is Chai, designed by Connie and Dan Kazemeyer. Published by Steeped Games in 2020, number of players 1 to 5, ages 8 and up, playtime 20 to 60 minutes. Okay, Mike, tell us, what's in the tea box? This delightful box cover features an inviting mug of tea, floating in a sea of tantalizing fruits and flavorings, with steam wafting forth and beckoning you to relax. When you wade gently into this box, you'll find five tea house player boards, 30 base tea tokens, 40 customer cards, five player aids, eight ability cards, 72 tea flavor tiles, a market board, a double-sided thermometer tile, six tip tokens, 30 coins, and 50 pantry tokens. And that's What's in the box? Sigh, mm. breathe in deeply, and exhale. Well, as, as our <laughs> review is still steeping, Evan, tell us how it's played. <laughs> oh, that's hot. <laughs> oh, hot tea. In Chai, you will step into the shoes of a tea merchant, combining tea flavors to make a perfect blend. You will buy and collect ingredients to fulfill your customers' orders. Each turn, you will do one of three actions. Number one, visit the market. There you will collect gold and select a tea flavor tile or tiles. Number two, select tea additive cards, which are ingredients needed to complete most orders. And number three, reserve a customer from the customer pool. At the end of each turn, a player may complete a tea order from one customer card in their hand or visible in the customer pool. A base tea token, tea flavors, and additives shown on the card are needed ingredients and placed in an empty teacup. The player flips over a tip and receives a coin bonus, moving the thermometer round tracker up one notch if all cups are filled. The game ends when five rounds of cups have been fulfilled. To score, players add up their victory points from fulfilled customer orders and add their leftover money to this total. The player with the most victory points from customer orders, money, and awards wins the game as best tea merchant in all of Chiland. Chiland, a new country. See what I did there? Yes, Chiland. Chiland, yeah. 
Well, we played this game on Tabletopia. Mm-hmm. Thankfully. Sadly, we could. Yeah. So you can see the video on YouTube right now if you want to watch us do the playthrough. Um, sadly, we couldn't do it in person, right, Evan? It was sad. Yeah. <laughs> because the components, you said, are lo- much cooler looking, right? Absolutely. In the game with the components, the actual tiles. Remember, we've talked about other tile games like Azul and stuff. Well, this has the same sort of tiles, you know, those bright colors and, you know, the thickness to them, the texture, plus the teacups themselves. It comes with cups. There are pick bags. So it had a lot of features that really enhanced the tabletop game experience. But unfortunately, we we could only play this one particular one online. Yeah, that bag of tiles looked amazing. It kind of reminds me of Azul where you have the nice, colorful, shiny plastic tiles. And it feels like I want to grab them and like <laughs> fiddle them with my hands. And and also playing on Tabletopia was a bit fiddly, right, Ed? Yeah, because um, like, it seemed like it had a really great sliding mechanic in order to, you know, to keep the game moving physically. But on Tabletopia, it had to move each individual tile on its own. And it, no, there's a lot of moving, so... I, I kind of kept myself involved in other people's turn by helping them move stuff. Yeah, it would have been a lot easier in person to just put your three fingers on three tiles and slide them down into the space needed to go. If mm-hmm. this was on, like, Board Game Arena or something, it would have been a lot faster. But like you said, it was very fiddly on uh, Tabletopia. So this is primarily a set collection game, Ed? Yeah, because you're trying to gather sets of flavors and spices <laughs> and to make teeth and help other people fulfill their orders, which is fun. <laughs> I love filling orders. What is wrong with me? <laughs> it, is, it is like one of my favorite themes of a game is like be the best at customer service. It, <laughs> That's it reminded, good. Yeah, it, it was. It reminded me a lot of Grand Austria Hotel in that way. Like I was sure. just totally committed to serving my customer the best I could and really winning his favor or his or her favor. Give me my dollar. Okay. You, and listen, it's not Ed's responsibility to give me the dollar. If he gave it me isn't. the dollar. Ed should keep his dirty hands off. Get your hands away from my stuff. I'm keeping but, the dollar. All no, right, put I the think. dollar back. No, it's a the, rudeness fee. Here comes Celeste I'm winning going. by one point but for her <laughs> fake dollar. <laughs> it's a nice like little serotonin hit to accomplish little things and move on from them. Like that's complete. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like a little achievement unlocked. Yeah, right. Lots of little ones, which is great. Uh, so what about gathering those flavor tiles, Mike? Uh, they're kind of broken up into three segments. They cost either one, two, or three, depending on where they lay on the board. And any tiles that match that are touching each other. So let's say there's a lemon, like three lemons touching each other. You buy the most expensive one of them, but you get all three for that one yeah. price. And mm-hmm. all I wanted to do was be super efficient on how I buy the <laughs> tiles. Mm-hmm. And also, once you buy one of the tiles, everything else in the gap slides down, so you'll get different combinations of things that are touching each other. So that's my main focus in this game. That was the most fun for me. Yeah, it kind of had like a bejeweled feel there where you're trying to, <laughs> like, if I get this one, then these will come down, and then I yeah. can get this big block and yeah. buy it all for one price. And like, yeah, I have components for days. Uh-huh. I, I call <laughs> it the cascade effect. I mean, I don't know if that's a real thing, but that's to me what it is. <laughs> like it, the Tetris yeah. effect. Yeah, Tetris effect, cascade effect. Potion Explosion was another yeah, game where it had yeah. sort of a similar feel to it. But didn't, I correct me if I'm wrong, but I often felt like, I ended up grabbing too many components, which I would never end up using. 
Well, that's a little bit of the trap. It's like, hey, I can get four components. Let me get these four components because I can get four components at one without necessarily having a plan to use them. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like I had no plan. So it's like, <laughs> yeah, right. Well, it depends on the customers you were trying to lure into your right. tea shop mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and bring in, which was also a neat part of the game. Is that you? You could do it either way. You could either choose, you know, look for your look for your targets, look for your customers, and bring them in, and then grab your components to fit them. Or you could work the other way: grab your components at the best prices you can, and then try to get customers based on the components you achieved. And that's kind of the tactic that I took on it because I figured all everybody's fighting over the customers they can see right now, but the game's going to be balanced to where the other components that aren't being taken right now, I can get them cheap now and buy the big mm-hmm. customers with them later. But you have limited amount of space to store those components. So, you know, if you go too overboard, you end up wasting a little bit. A bit of a push-pull there. It's like, yeah, I can only hold so many components, but I can get five now, guys. It's cheap. <laughs> five for the price of three bucks. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't something I saw on the online game, and I'm not sure if the cards differ at the Tabletopia version, but in the... Uh, physical version of the game I see some really fun customers like there is a card that clearly looks like Captain Picard and and one that looks like Queen Elizabeth I have no doubt that they're alluding to those famous tea drinkers especially Picard right Mm -hmm. absolutely (laughs) and I thought that was great you know who wouldn't want to serve Captain Picard uh, Earl Grey hot Hot. and make sure it's just perfect right Mm -hmm. the perfect temperature of Earl Grey hot (laughs) Here's your cold mint tea, Mr. Picard. What? What is this? <laughs> it makes me kind of want to look back through the cards again and see which other ones I might recognize, because I have a feeling there's a bunch of Easter eggs in here that we missed. Right, exactly. Okay, explorers, it's time to dig up or bury Chai. Ed? The aesthetics add nicely to the fun mechanic of collecting lovely components to complete orders. I'll dig this up for my next cup of oolong. Evan? Chai was a fun resource management game, and the theme informed play, and the components are cool. I felt like I was actually running a tea shop. Cheers, governor. (laughs) Dig it up. Mike? The market mechanic was unique and made for some potentially big swings and some super efficiency, which I love. I'm not sure how many future plays are going to hold up with this game, but I had enough fun to dig it up for a second go. This game brewed up a blend of pacing mechanics and charm that made it a lovely game to dip your scones into. Dig it up. If you have thoughts about Chai, we would love to hear from you. We are at Which Game First on social media. Hi, everybody. We just want to take a minute to tell you what's going on with Which Game First right now. Our Patreon feed is hopping. We're getting new patrons every month. And we want to take a minute to say thank you. Thank you so much. Patrons really matter to this show. For just $3 a month, if you want to become a patron and get exclusive access to our patron-only podcast. Bonus points. Bonus points. <laughs> it's about 15 minutes every week of whatever topic we feel like talking about. It's a mm-hmm. loose podcast that's a lot more friendly, less edited than this one, and a good time. Yeah, we just started talking about LARPing today there, and it, it it's going to go on for several events, I think. <laughs> <laughs> several episodes. Of several LARPing. episodes. Yeah, Love we it. went down the rabbit hole today in, <laughs> in, our, <laughs> in our bonus points podcast. What else is going on? 
Our patrons will have exclusivity to our Discord channel in which we will interact with you there. We will talk, we'll chat, we'll talk about anything you want to talk about. Mm -hmm. Games you're playing, games we've reviewed, the weather outside, doesn't matter. It's all because (laughs) you are the patrons and thank you so much for your support. So we would really love for you to join and be part of our active Discord discussions. Yes, we have exclusive channels for patrons only, but everybody who listens can also join our Discord. We're there every day and even throw out some pickup games for our patrons once in a while. Mm-hmm. I th- I'm thinking yeah. about running a Sushi Go this Wednesday. <gasps> oh, <laughs> awesome. I'd play yeah. that. Yeah, tell us about what you're doing too on a Discord. If you're creating a game, if you love something you've been playing lately, maybe uh, we'll check it out ourselves. Or yeah, maybe or you found you... something that's so bad we should grab a copy <laughs> and review. Please tell us about those. Oh, we want to hear about the horrible ones. <laughs> Recommendations for a Bonus Points podcast. We'd love to hear those. Topics you want to hear about. And if you guys have a pickup game, patrons, and you want us to play, you know, you always invite us on Discord. If we're around, we'll play. Uh-huh. What mm-hmm. else is going on? Well, we've been doing a lot more live stuff on Instagram and Facebook lately. Uh, a couple, one thing that we did that was really a lot of fun is Evan bought a bunch of different games that mm-hmm. were all wrapped up in secret. And we let people that were watching choose which numbered game we open up. And to surprise of everybody, it was really fun. I love when you can make a game out of just opening a box. That, that's wonderful. <laughs> that's a meta game for sure. You can catch that actually now. Uh, that reminds me to tell everybody that not only do we have our Instagram feed, we have episodes on IGTV, which is Instagram television. Mm. If you're you know not familiar with that, you just go to our feed in Instagram and, you know, go to our profile in Instagram and then just click on the IGTV button in the center. And you can, then you can see our episodes like Evan and Mike opening these boxes. (laughs) That's in our series called Game Day Hijinks. Yeah, Game Day. (laughs) Every Thursday night, we play a game for game night. And now we are streaming it through the multi-stream. The multi-stream. That means you can pick us up on YouTube Live, on Facebook Live, or on Twitch Live. Thursday nights we roll at 7 p.m. We Mm -hmm. ride for board games. That's Eastern Eastern Standard Time, everybody. Yep. Thanks, everybody, so much for listening. Thanks for stopping by. Thank you all. Our next game up is Taverns of Tiefenthal, designed by Wolfgang Varsch, published by North Star Games and Schmidt Spiel in 2019. Number of players, 2 to 4, ages 12 and up, playtime, 60 minutes. Okay, Mikey, tell us, what's in this tavern? The cover of Taverns of Tiefenthal greets you with a warm glow spilling out of a bustling tavern, adorned with stained glass windows depicting a beer mug and a holy chalice, and complete (laughs) with a magnificently bearded barkeep serving ale to his many patrons. When you swing open the doors, you'll see a monastery board, 240 cards, 4 taverns, 16 six-sided white dice, 12 colored six-sided dice, 12 colored cubes, 4 beer coasters, 12 counter guest markers, 16 markers to track your beer, your safe, your monastery, and your reputation, a first player marker, a turn marker, 20 schnapps tokens, 
12 entertainer tiles, 4 guest books, and 40 signature tiles. And that's what's in the box. Well, before we open this review for Happy Hour, Evan, tell us how it's played. In the taverns of Tiefenthal, your role is to run the best tavern in all of Tiefenthal. That's it. <laughs> no, the, the goal is to make improvements to your tavern, increase your beer production and storage, and hire the best staff. These are done through dice rolls and deck building. Dice are rolled, drafted one at a time, and then passed to the other players. Players place their dice on their tableau to achieve their desired effects. The challenge is to skillfully choose the dice and develop your personal deck of cards as profitably as possible. Victory points are earned through the tavern and staff improvements. And of course, the most victory points at the end of the game means you run the Uber Tavern of Tiefenthal. <laughs> Dankeschön. Dankeschön. <laughs> well, I don't know if there's any other way to play this game than live, which is what we did. Yes. We did not drink while playing this game. Yeah, well, we didn't no. drink alcoholic beverages. So, Although yeah. it probably does activate your scotch molar because it, uh, it gives you a bit of... <laughs> It's scotch like a, molar. Yeah, your scotch molar. <laughs> mm-hmm. Our unboxing is on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And wow, the art in this game blew me away. What do you guys think? Uh, yeah, there's a lot of art in the game, and it all blended together very well. I like how all the opponents you like snap in and plug onto your tavern. It all felt like, yeah, I'm expanding the tavern. It looks all uh, homogeneous. It's part of the whole structure. Yes, it, it was a combination of art and graphic design. Um, and one could even argue architecture, right? Mm-hmm. A draftsmanship. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So it was almost like a brilliantly executed floor plan and uh, done in a painting style, um, mm-hmm. which was incredible. They didn't chintz on any of these components. Yeah, and the pieces on the board actually detached and you could flip them over to their better side and they still plugged right into place with like kind of a puzzle connection. Puzzle mm-hmm. connections, very, very effective way of doing this. No doubt about it. Yeah, they also had these little coasters that you'd put your rolled dice on and kind of pick your die from the draft and pass it around. Yeah, pass the, the coasters, yeah. Yeah, it was the great for the a nice touch. Yeah, they really were. The one thing I would say about the coasters, maybe the downside of them, was that they were all the same color. And it would have been nice to help keep track of, like, you know, whose turn, like, when to pick the dice off of it. By seeing your color from one, two, or three spaces away, so you know which one to grab next. But other than that, I thought they're a great way to drag you into the theme of this game. So, Ed, this is primarily a deck builder. Yeah, I mean, you start off with a, a deck of guests and tables and stuff, and you add or remove from this deck to enhance your game engine. And I learned from Mikey that to upgrade my deck early, and in this game, I really think it helped. Yeah, like upgrading your tavern too is really a good step because, you know, you can get stuff like dishwashers and waiters that will help you to augment the dice that you're grabbing. One of them will add one point to the die, which will help you to place it a little more flexibly on the board. Mm -hmm. Um, And the other one adds an extra kind of a bonus die of your own color that you can roll that nobody can mess with. Right. And I like adding table to my deck because it gave me the ability to keep chaining the deck. Yeah, and yeah, that's right. crazy. Yeah, the <laughs> tables were key because when you when you run out of tables, when you've seated all your people at your allotted tables, that's all that's all the cards you can play. But if you have extra tables to fill, you keep spilling cards out of your hand, and all sorts of things mm-hmm. can rack up in the meantime before you get that last table filled. 
He's gonna use the whole deck throw, and go through throw it. Throw them all out. I'm throwing oh, dice I on got, the ground. Ground in the Here you go. Uh, yes, he yes, the yes, whole yes, deck yes, and yes, went back to his nose. Oh, 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 come on, come and on, come on. Ah, one card. Reign of Terror ended. Oh, three cards. Oh, Yeah, I definitely know what I'll do differently next time I play this game. Yeah, if you have more tables than you have patrons in your deck, you can basically chain out the whole deck. It was fun also to upgrade parts of the tavern, like Evan said, because you actually get to flip the piece of the tavern over and there was like a new upgraded looking version of the location, right? So let's say mm -hmm. you added a permanent barmaid instead of just one from a card. You could mm -hmm. flip over the piece and there was the barmaid. It was an empty spot. Now it's got a barmaid in it. Very cool. That's right. There was a dog laying in the corner. Hey, yeah. now it's the permanent barmaid. Great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, what's neat about some of those upgrades, you have the ability to trade in some of your cards to help pay for the upgrades. It had the extra effect of thinning out your deck. Yes, mm -hmm. you can get rid of those weak cards if they're showing. Oh, oh no, if they're not showing, it is so oh. painful. Oh, yeah. When you know you've got like a ruddy one-point customer in that deck that you absolutely want to get rid of and add a three-pointer, and he's mm -hmm. not sitting at a table, you can't get rid of him at that moment. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Celeste, you know what you figured out early, and I only came in late to figuring out, and it didn't, you know, I, to my detriment, were the noble cards. Mm -hmm. The noble cards are worth 10 victory points for each of those people. And you can stack your nobles at the same table. Now, you, you don't earn much from them. They're not big spenders. They're kind of, you know, cheapskates in, in a certain regard. <laughs> but that was, uh, that's definitely has to be part of your victory plan is get those nobles. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think most people do go for them near the end. But if you've got somebody who's going early for those nobles, you better keep up. And that's why there aren't enough rounds in this game. I'm so busy <laughs> having so much fun upgrading my tavern. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Yeah, I'll get to the other customers later. And then before you know it, wait, there's only one more round, but I don't have enough nobles. Ah! That's a common trait in these deck builders or games or engine building games where you got your engine going and now you have to know when to switch over from building your engine to getting the victory point. Mm -hmm. Very Dominion-like yeah. in that way. I was late. I was late in this game. <laughs> well, getting nobles is huge amount of points, but like they said, it clogs your deck up. But when you have a lot of tables and all those nobles are just piling up onto one table, you know, it, it doesn't really hurt you as much as it possibly could. Right. In this game, I felt the forward momentum more than a lot of other engine builders. You know, this was just rush. It felt like happy hour all the time, you know, <laughs> yeah. so there was always a lot to do from the very first turn. And most of the things you're doing center around two basic kinds of currency in this game. There's beers and there's gold. Um, mm -hmm. So there's lots of ways to uh, enhance how much gold you can have per turn, etc. But Celeste actually got really lucky with her draw and ended up with 16 beer in the same turn, I think it was. It wasn't, it wasn't just luck. Well, I mean, you built your deck that way, but it also takes some luck to get all those cards out at once. Right, but um, it wasn't just luck. No, no, I didn't mean just. I, if I said just, I, that's not what I meant. When you're buying nobles, which kind of clog your deck up a little bit but are worth a lot of points, you have to feed them a lot of beers. But if you buy more at once, you kind of get a discount in a way. You can get three nobles for, what, 15 or something like yeah, that. Yeah, right? no, it is it is a beer strategy to get nobles. So you got to be, you have to be. Yep. Beer minded beer for your deck. Yes. Gotta grin and bear it. Ah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Yes, my lord. Of course, your majesty. Yes, my lord. 
Yeah, it was a, definitely a big attraction to upgrade. And I think that's one of the quirks of being our first time playing the game. You're learning what the mechanics are. And I think it, mm. it's nice that this game sets it up where just play it the basic way. While it's simple to play the game, it takes a little bit to really understand how all the mechanics work. So that very first time playing, you're like, ah, so this is how the game works. And then they have these other expansions that you can try. Oh, you understand that now? Well, let me throw this little switch in there for you. And I like that as it has like customizable modules to add complexity to the game if you want it. And online, we saw a lot of people making custom pieces for this game because it is so charming. People made their own 3D printed barrels to add like little <laughs> miniature barrels to the game. Cool. I thought that was cool. That's cute. Okay, explorers, it's time to dig up or bury. Taverns of Tiefenthal. Evan? Taverns of Tiefenthal. Tons of options. Its replayability is abundant. Dice drafting is always a fun element in any game. And even if you're not into the theme of beer hall taverns, you can get drunk just thinking about all these options available to you. Drink it up. Ed? When I heard this designer also did Quacks of Quedlinburg, I knew I was going to be in for a great deck builder, <laughs> and he did not disappoint. <laughs> there are so many options here, and I just love building this tavern. So I'll dig this up to pour another draft of ale. Mike? With the combination of deck building and all kinds of paths to victory, I look forward to the opportunity to try something new when I play again. Dig it up. There is such well-orchestrated art placement and strongly immersive graphic design that even if the mechanics were bad, which they were not, <laughs> I would probably dig it up anyway. Dig it up. If you have thoughts about Taverns of Tiefenthal, boy, that's a mouthful. Come <laughs> chat with us. We want to hear <laughs> we want to hear how you're laying out your tavern. We are at which game first on social media. Our last game up this week is Home You Go. Designed. It's got a designer. <laughs> Designed by Gustav Mueller. Published by Spears Games in 1968. 1968. Number of players, two to four. Ages six and up. Playtime, about 20 minutes. Okay, Mikey, tell us what is in this box. The box cover depicts a brutal act of pawn-on-pawn violence in which the red pawn kicks the derriere of the blue pawn while shouting... (laughs) Home you go! (laughs) Inside, you'll find a board, 20 pawns, one basic six-sided die, and that is everything that is in this box. Okay, before we see if this game is a kick in the bleep, Evan, (laughs) tell us how it's played. Home You Go is an abstract game in which the goal is to move all five of your pawns across the board. Movement is by dice, or die, I should say, one die, and you can only move straight forward. There's no change in direction allowed, and there's no diagonal. You're on your path, you go straight. You must get an exact roll to land in the ending space. If you roll too high, you wind up moving backwards by the amount (laughs) overrolled. When someone lands atop another player's piece, they knock that piece back to its starting position. As As the old French saying goes, Acuel to Alain, home you go. <laughs> I did look that up, and I'm sure I 
botched. Yeah, you butchered it, but it's all right. <laughs> I, I love the attempt. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, the cover of this box. I mean, it. That is, is why I bought it. Yeah. Yeah, that it was it. Be. I didn't even I didn't even read anything. I didn't even read the title of the game. I saw it. <laughs> One meeple kicking another meeple in the butt. And that's it. It had to be bought. Yeah. <laughs> and the so, one in the back, the one in the back that's doing the kicking is like pointing. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> pointing to home. Home you go. <laughs> All right. So uh yeah. You can see the game box cover and everything on our IGTV when we opened the box uh and we had that fun day. And once you open the box and start playing. It's four ways. It's a four-way race. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a grid. Yep. Everyone's trying to go in four directions on in, in your own direction. Four positions on a on a grid. That's basically it. It is just collision city for these pawns. We we're just moving them across the board and hitting each other. Right. It's the great pawn push. <laughs> yeah. I mean, as I was moving my pawns across the board, though, my thought was to not attack the person directly across from me because. It pops them back into their starting space, which blocks it from me being able to get in there later. So I was kind right. of going to knock the other guys out away instead. Yeah, it offers uh, an interesting number of choices when you first start because yes. you got five people and roll the dice like, ooh, which one do I want to move? So there's actually a decision to make there. Yeah, the operative words there is when you start. <laughs> so why were we so motivated to use French accents during this game? What was that about? Because it was the French designer, is that right, or no? Yes, Gustav Mueller, is that right? Well, it Gustav Mueller is not a French guy. Where did the French come in? That's what I want to know. Gustav is a French name. Gustav Mueller is a French name. Well, Gustav a first name. I don't know about Mueller. Yeah, it's German. Gustav? I think neither one of those names are French. <laughs> <laughs> so where well, <laughs> did we come up with the French accent? Because the game was, Spears Games is a French company. Ah, uh-huh. okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I mean, I just got on board. I wasn't even, I didn't care where it came from. You guys were already <laughs> doing it and I didn't know where it came from, but I just got on board. Oh, I didn't um, dive that deep, especially once I got to say that phrase. I'm still saying it now. Um, you go. <laughs> it's so fun. The whole game, every time I knock somebody off or anybody get knocked off the board, I would just yell it out. Okay, two spaces. On deux. On deux. Home you go. All right. What the boom? Oh. Sink. Go. Five spaces. On two, three, four. Home you go. Oh, you were so close, but you're so far away. <laughs> One space for it. Home you go. <laughs> and I laughed every time. I hate to go back to the cover, but the graphic design on this cover is impressive. You know, I feel <laughs> for, like graphic for 1968? design. Yeah. Yes, and but I feel like in the 60s, the heyday of ad of advertising, there mm-hmm. actually was some really nicely designed covers. Like the ones in the bookshelf series, Ed. What's that series from? Oh yeah. Th- is it 3M? The Avalon Hill bookshelf series? Avalon Hill. Yes. Yeah, that's the ones. Right, and yeah. I think it was owned by 3M before that. Their yeah. graphic yes, designs from yep. the yeah, their graphic designs from the 60s are impressive, and this one is really bold, stark, mm. and grabbing. Everything about it is like slick. And I was just checking a little of the history here. J.W. Speer and Sons was formed in Firth near Nuremberg, Germany, in 1879. Oh. What? What? 
So it's a German game. The German Not- company. And it moved the factory to Britain. Well, where's the French part of all this? <laughs> I'm not sure where the French stuff coming from. I could have sworn there it was, was something about France. Lie, is it because the rules? <laughs> is it because the rules were in English and French? Maybe, but I could have sworn I looked up where this game was made, and it was, some, and it said something about France. Well, I'm just gonna remember it that way, regardless of whether it's true or not. It's French for us. Oh boy! Man, yeah. we're a, a boy. We are American. Well, in the very corners, the dead areas of the board are the cover graphics in two of them. But in the other two, there's another set of meeple violence graphic (laughs) going on. It's the yellow and the green pawns attacking each other. And (laughs) one of them's got it actually has... It looks like he's punching him in the mouth or sticking his finger down his throat. Yeah, it looks like like he's jamming his whole hand into his throat. (laughs) And the expression on the green who's having the yellow's fist is in its mouth is like, what the heck are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) Well, if you look in the opposite corner, the green one's committing the violence, right? (laughs) Oh, yes. It's a shared violence. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Everyone's attacking everyone else. (laughs) <laughs> Highly violent game. I'm like, for 1968 to see all this. You know, wow, <laughs> physicality is. Whew. Half the shows on television at that time were punch out shows. Mm-hmm. It was just people with fight choreography. <laughs> Did you ever watch some of the fight choreography on Bonanza? It is hardcore. Oh, man. <laughs> it is yeah. really hardcore, like real close fist fighting. So this is a sign of the times is what you're saying. Yeah, I do. I do. I am saying that. <laughs> I, when I first saw this, I I had very low expectations for it, to be honest. Like, I'm just like, oh, boy, it's like mm-hmm. moving straight across the board. But the amount of choices you get, especially early on, is pretty cool. Yeah. It's, it's actually a lot deeper than it looks. Yeah. It, at the beginning, but at the end, it was just te- tedious, wasn't it, guys? Yeah, the end came down to kind of just a, a roll off. Who could grab, who could roll the, the number one or number two, <laughs> right? you know, to move their final pawn into the final position. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. For me, it was an abstract roll and move type game where yeah. the whole game, you just roll dice and hope you can move your thing. Yeah. Yeah. At the end of each of your columns, there's like a one space right before the spot where you can go into the end. That's kind of like a safe spot that no other pieces crossing over you can hit you at. Yeah, so, it protects you. Yeah, you end up living in that spot until you roll a bunch of ones to get into the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the weak part of this game. Yeah, For sure. I think you forgot to mention, Mike, when you did the what's in the box. Uh-huh. It does come with this very narrow cylindrical dice oh, roller cup. Yes. And it, it is like the least efficient dice roll cup I've ever seen. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> It's more of just a dice holding device. You cannot physically roll the die in the cup. It will not move. Yeah, it's There's not tight. enough space. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just something to hold and pour onto the table. It's totally superfluous. Yeah, yeah. it's glamorous looking, but it doesn't do anything. <laughs> I mean, I right. guess they figured, oh, we didn't give them enough material for their money, so we had to put something else in there. <laughs> right. I don't know. It's a, it looks like they're trying to make it so the dice rolls are more fair. But honestly, the die doesn't even shake in there. Your hand probably does a yeah. better job at making Yeah, it's the, the drop of the die out of the cup that does yeah. the rolling. Mm-hmm. Yep. No shaking. <laughs> okay, explorers, it's time to dig up or bury. Um, you go. Ed? The game was a lot better than I expected when looking at this box. But it ends up basically being a waiting game while you or someone else finally gets to roll what they need. Yay. <laughs> so I may play this again. 
I'm not particularly excited about it. So I'm going to bury it. Evan? I, like my colleagues, did not expect much out of Home You Go. But it turned out to be an interesting little abstract game with some real strategy behind it. The end game becomes something of a roll-off. Yes, we're all disappointed in that. But for a game from 1968, I think it's worth the play. Dig it up. <laughs> uh, Mike? Well, at the risk of sounding like all my colleagues here, I did think <laughs> that it had a surprising amount of strategic choices to make. Um, and that was good because I expected very little from it. And even though the end game was kind of weak, I'd play it again. Dig it up. <laughs> Yeah, like we said, it started out pretty okay as a four-way race with choices, but soon deteriorated into the tedium of a roll-and-wait game. So I've got to bury it, despite the cover. If you have thoughts about... Um, you go! <laughs> come and chat with us. We are all over social media at Which Game First. And that brings us to the end of our show. We look forward to hearing about all the game exploring you're doing, guys. Come and talk to us. Mm. Facebook, Discord, Instagram. Check out our videos on YouTube. And if you would like more perks and content from our show and you want to support us, it would be super appreciated. You can go to our website, click on Become a Supporter today, and you will get access to our exclusive podcast for patrons only. Bonus points. Bonus points. <laughs> Happy gaming explorers. Cup of the old chai, sir. You know what the tavern needs? Naps. Goodbye, mes amis. Home you go. <laughs> <laughs>